0: Welcome to Limited Time Only. The podcast for anyone who feels there aren't enough hours in their life. Limited Time Only is a mix of chat, comedy sketches
1: and interviews with interesting people. We hope that we will make you smile, laugh and feel a bit brighter
0: about the whole life, death and everything in between malarkey. Essentially we're dissecting the human condition, just using a rubber chicken rather than a scalpel. I'm Esther. And I'm Susie. And and this this is Limited Limited Time Time Only. This week it's time for... Tooting your
1: own horn. Yesterday,
0: oh, <laughs> I, oh dear. Oh no, I was
1: supposed to have an immunology appointment um, and then I reread the letter in the morning and it said, can you bring an early morning urine sample? Well, I'd already had a morning wee, so I drank a lot of water to so have another one. Um, and we have no plastic bottles in our house anymore and um, I couldn't
0: find a receptacle to put my urine oh into. No. So I, what did you use? I took it in a kilner jar. <gasps> I mean that is so middle class as to be the best thing I've ever <laughs> <laughs> I took my
1: urine sample in, the in a kilner jar? jar and I just couldn't work out what I thought of myself anymore on the one hand. I was really proud of myself, like, "Oh, Essie, you have reached a place in your
0: life where you can take your urine sample in a kiln jar." And the other part of me was so disgusted. Was it very well sealed? Because I would have thought that's a really great uh, receptacle for for urine. And two, are you going to reuse? Well, uh, are the lentils one, back in no, there? No, it, it apparently wasn't well sealed because
1: it fell over on the front seat. And when I got to said appointment, there was a. <laughs> Oh no! no. So I had to scrub it, and my and Ian was really not uh, was really quite freaked out that I'd done it. So I sterilised it when I got home. Right. But I told my aunt, who is very posh, I've got one of my aunts is very very posh, and I told my aunt that I'd taken my wee in a Kilner jar (laughs) because I thought she's going to be so proud of me at this moment in time. Anyway, she told me that years ago she took her urine sample in a sherry decanter.
0: She trumped you. She trumped you. She.
1: she literally pissed on my parade. <laughs> she took yeah her urine sample in a sherry decanter through the village.
0: What is this? Which... On a horse-drawn cart. On a horse-drawn carriage, um, with staff. Yes. Oh my goodness! And then it was transferred to the NHS by a butler wearing white gloves. Yes, obviously, carefully. Yes carefully handled i mean i don't think i can ever look at a kilner jar in the same way again now no Um, and i think that's going to be the problem now whichever jar because (laughs) basically about
1: five years ago i read uh an ideal home magazine or something similar and bought a load of kilner jars and just redid my pantry oh yeah um and just for that one day felt like i was winning at life yeah and so we still put everything in the kilner jars and I just, there's always going to be that danger, you know, oh, I'm having a Brazil nut. It tastes a little, I mean, <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm glad you chose Brazil nut. I mean, just keep the theme going. <laughs> <laughs> this is so amazing. I mean, what what is, yeah, it's a great question, is it? What is the weirdest receptacle you have put yeah. urine in? I mean, that's a question for everyone listening, I think. Um yes, I think so. <laughs> Could what is you the tell us? What you put your wheel Can you beat Sherry Decanter? <laughs> I mean it went from it went from that was a heart it went in high on Kilna Jar. I've just used the plastic yeah. the plastic, you know, those plastic tubs. To go to Sherry Decanter. Your aunt sounds amazing. <laughs>
1: And welcome to the Intimidating Leather Chair Quiz. Our first contestant is sat in the big chair.
0: Name and occupation? Susie Riddell. Nothing important. And your specialist
1: subject is?
0: I wouldn't call myself a specialist. Selling myself short.
1: Your questions on selling myself short start... Now, what
0: is the correct response to a compliment about your appearance? What? This old thing? I bought it for £2.50 in a Dorothy Perkins sale. I think it makes me look fat. Correct. When emailing your boss
1: to ask for a promotion, what is the correct line to open with? Sorry to bother you. Correct. After a bad lockdown day with your two young children, what is the mantra with which you should go to sleep? I am a shit mum. Correct. After a good lockdown day, what is the correct mantra with which you should go to sleep? I am a shit mum. Correct. When describing yourself, should the answer be... A. A multifaceted woman who has already achieved many things in life and has untapped potential yet to explore... B, a shit mum. Or C, nothing to write home about. I've started so I'll finish. Don't bother on
0: my account. Susie
1: Riddell, you've scored a respectable four points
0: with no passes. Just luck, really. Thank you for your
2: time. Definition of imposter syndrome. The feeling that your achievements are not real
0: or that you do not deserve praise or success. (coughs) So I think everyone in the whole world has experienced imposter syndrome at one time or another, and probably most people experience it quite regularly, Um, even if it's only for a little tiny bit of time, and then you kind of get over it. But have you got something that, you know, comes up for you, Esther, when I say imposter syndrome, what what do you think of?
1: I look back and I can think of so many times I've had those sort of feelings, but equally is that imposter syndrome anxiety as well i don't mm. i don't know i um because there have been many experiences i 've had so i i had a i was in a play a couple of years ago, and all of the shows went really well apart from the third night I was very overtired I was a bit under the weather went on stage i didn't feel nervous, which was unusual. Got on stage, did the first couple of scenes, was absolutely fine, and then got into the third scene where I had a bit of a monologue and just suddenly couldn't speak, (gasps) couldn't get my words out properly. And it was horrible and I spent the rest, I, I ended up cutting the monologue down because I just thought I can't, I feel like I've got no air left in my lungs and then I just it really kicked off an episode of what are Mm. you doing why do you think you're capable Mm. of this um and then I have allowed it to play on my mind quite a bit but it's ridiculous because you look back and you go but all the other performances were really good but you dwell on that one but then I then that sort of falls into imposter syndrome for me because I then I become quite negative in my thought pattern of well if you were really good you wouldn't you wouldn't um have yeah. had that happen to you which is daft because everybody has these things happen to to them you know days when yeah, you you're not on have it an off day. yeah absolutely or you're or you are a bit under the weather or i think sometimes um imposter syndrome kicks in mainly for me if i feel that i am meeting someone who's quite influential and i've got a lot yeah. attached to it so yes. if i end up meeting somebody and um i wasn't necessarily expecting it or there's not really a massive outcome for me I'm mm. quite relaxed but if I'm yeah. in a room where I know it really matters I get the thoughts of you shouldn't be in here how are yes. you in here you're yes. not right for this you're not clever enough what makes you think you could do this
0: which is yeah sad, I'm isn't exactly it? the same and I think as a uh, I don't know if it's um I think it's probably every yeah. profession I seem to have a bit of a problem with figures of authority or what I yes. perceive is authority and I think as an actor sometimes you are kind of the bottom of the pile Yeah, that's what it feels like you're the real kind of you know you're the hired help yeah and there's all these other people above you making decisions which is why it's so fantastic when you make your own stuff yes um and any actors out there who are struggling with you know the whole hierarchy of the performing industry write something go just make it film something make a podcast um take a bit of control back because it's horrible feeling like that but yeah if i if i'm sort of chatting to someone who i think is going to be able to give me a job i kind of instantly become someone who can't really string a sentence together absolutely um and like, yeah, so why am i and actually i've started to try and think we're all on a level we're all working in the same business try, with the same end goal um you know we, we should be working together so don't don't think of yourself as being any lesser than this this executive producer yeah yeah exactly <laughs> because they couldn't make they couldn't do their job without without me yeah
1: absolutely that's what you have
0: to remember and yeah.
1: it, it, it is that feeling of i i suppose in a lot of interview situations across the board you feel like you have to just win people over and be charming and sort of yes and mold yourself to whatever they want you to be if i've got a stuff attached that's when my my inner voice kicks in and sort of says well you're not good enough you can't do this
0: you're invested yes uh, and you feel like you've got something to lose. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. And then you start to think, well, what I've got is not worth losing in a way. it's. And you sort of knock yourself down. Absolutely.
1: You put and, you attach uh, too much to it. And I think for me, as soon as I attach too much, that's when those feelings kick in. And I did, um, I ran a drama school for 10 years. It had been suggested to me by our old drama uh, teacher, Susie, uh, Colin Edwards, ITV yeah. workshop that I start one. Yeah. And then I helped a friend out with his legend, the legend that is Colin Edwards. And um, I really thought I couldn't do it. And then I helped a friend out who was who was setting his up um, for a couple of terms and thought maybe I could. But I did. I did set it up and he came and helped me for the first couple of terms. But every session for the first year, I just kept thinking i can't do this i can't do this i can't do this yeah and i'd 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 be fine but it was so emotionally wearing because i just keep thinking i can't Mm. do this what are you doing in this room what are you doing Um, But then everyone seemed to leave really happy. And then I remember um, somebody came to work for me and she said, I can't wait to learn from the master. And I said, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm just making it up as I go along. I'm just writing it. And and I think it took me a long time in life to realise that that is what everybody is doing. Nobody really knows what they're doing. Even if you've got all the education and everything to
0: back it up, you're still just, you know, learning on the job as you go along. I mean, I I do hope that any surgeons out there drilling into people's heads are not having those thoughts they're not winging it <laughs> no i'm sure they are having but, those thoughts but, at yeah, times. they probably they... are but maybe maybe not in the moment yeah and... i don't know it'd be really interesting to talk to it someone would, wouldn't it um who with with a job that is you know you're about to take off in a boeing 747 full <laughs> boeing oh i don't i don't know what i'm doing yeah. here I, um uh, captain, this is your captain's speaker. I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna put it out there, guys. I, I don't really know what I'm doing, but we'll will be flying at uh, 45,000 feet. Uh, strap yourselves in. <laughs> Do some prayers. Oh God. Yeah. But yes, that's interesting. But I suppose there's different personality types, aren't there, as well? And if you're gonna go for a job like a neurosurgeon or something, yeah, you've probably got a level of confidence. Um, well, don't they say? Maybe we don't possess. There's a,
1: there's, there's a certain Level of ego, if you're at that level, I don't know whether that's true. I I remember
0: there probably has to be. Yeah, I remember hearing to get to that. I'm sure
1: I heard, and I do. I'm not saying that all people who are surgeons are like this, but I'm sure I heard there was there's some kind of. Not narcissistic, but there's some kind of. I can't think. All consultant surgeons are narcissistic <laughs> egoists. I quite sort of hear, like, driven by being a hero and driven by, like, a God complex. Yeah. God complex.
0: I got there eventually. God complex, yes. But I suppose, yeah. And that's yeah. not necessarily and actually, true. That's probably helpful.
1: Yes. So that you feel no. sort of. Oh my God, I can't string a sentence together. I, I'm no good at this. What am I doing? I shouldn't be here. What are you
0: doing making a podcast, <laughs> Esther? <laughs>
1: You're, you're an imposter. I'm an imposter. <laughs> Tell me, Sue. You're not a real human. I'm not. I'm not.
0: No, I completely agree with you about the. Um, whenever I've had to teach anyone or been asked to teach any, any, lead any workshops, offer advice even, um, and I go, oh my goodness, I can't offer advice to a, a young person starting out in a, as a voice artist or you know, I don't know what. And then I, when I actually think about it, like, oh, oh no, no, yes, I do know quite a bit about that. I have been doing it for rather a long time, but it's it's really. It, it's that first block of oh gosh don't ask me i'm an absolute idiot yeah. it's terrible isn't yeah. it i mean and i think other times when i've had it have been well most auditions i've ever been in um which is what what makes me really rubbish at auditions <laughs> probably that little voice that goes no Susie, no you, you you shouldn't be here yeah you you're not actually an actor are you um and then i cock it up um the first week or i'm often longer of any rehearsal process yeah it's like, oh, God, they're all better than me. yeah I shouldn't even be here. What am I doing here? Um, until, probably till the performance, first performance, I'm like, oh, no, this is great. Um, sometimes parents' evenings. Okay, like, oh, yeah. What am I doing? I'm not actually a parent. Uh, I haven't got, I can't think of any questions to ask because <laughs> I obviously, I'm not a very good parent. Um, uh and then it's all right I just make them up I don't know if you you're the same
1: as well it depends on my mood so I was at an event a couple of years ago everything's a couple of years ago because obviously we did nothing for a year um <laughs> <laughs> and um, yes I came out in, uh, into this room afterwards and um there was all these quite influential people there and I instead of becoming a bumbling idiot I was on fire. I was hilarious. I was witty. I was, and I, my brain split into two. And one part of my brain was going. Oh, my God, look at you go. Yes. You're amazing. You're so funny. And then I just was getting better and better. But so that was my because I call my inner voice, my Doreen, which is my critical voice that just says what are you doing, you know, and, and tells encourages me to do yeah. things and then criticizes me when I do them. But normally she's yeah. sort of going, oh, I'll listen to you. You're so boring. You are so yeah. boring. Stop yes. talking. Oh, you sound like an idiot. Do you know what you're talking about? I don't think you do. But this night, she was like, girl, you're on fire. <laughs> and I, and I love that. And then you just, when you know you're in your flow and you're just being really yeah. enigmatic and charismatic. And it's happening without
0: without any effort, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's lovely. It's not common, yeah. but it's
1: it's lovely when that
0: happens. <laughs> no. It's how to access that part of yourself um, more easily and more frequently. Is the, yeah. is the big? That's the that's the elusive question, isn't it? That's why I do yoga every morning
1: to change your frame of mind.
0: Yeah, I think. It, yeah, I think so. It's trying not to worry, isn't it? Yeah, and not worry about what could happen. If I open my mouth and say something stupid, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. I look like
0: a dickhead, but is that going to make any difference to my life? And actually. Are they really... Does did this, did this person really... Will they really think I'm a dickhead? Probably not. They're probably thinking, oh, gosh, I hope I'm not sounding like an idiot. Yeah, They're probably absolutely. thinking the same thing. And,
1: and I've become much better recently, actually, at not attaching and really holding on to things that I really want to happen. I've become much better at stepping yeah. back and going... If this happens, it'll happen. I'll do my very best yeah. and I'll put my work in, but then I'm going to let go of what the outcome will be. And if it's meant to be, it'll work. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna. It doesn't mean I'm not gonna put the work in or that I'm just gonna sit around waiting for stuff to happen.
0: But what is mm. meant will happen. I've sort of become more trusting. And it's the process rather than the outcome in a way, isn't it? Yeah. And it, as long as you're enjoying that process and you're getting something out of that, we can get something out of everything, can't we? Absolutely. Do you think? Because I've wondered this whether it is is sort of quite a british thing to have imposter
1: syndrome or is it just worldwide that we all feel i mean i'm sure it probably is worldwide That's interesting but, but is it more a british thing because we are all may, a bit i don't know self-deprecating and apologetic yeah. and i mustn't pick myself up too much because you'll find me really annoying yeah the thing for me is when i watch an uh, an award ceremony and it's the oscars or the baftas the difference between the two ceremonies is quite vast. And then when you get the (laughs) Americans come out they stride out, they look straight out into the audience, they're, hello, and look at me, and, and English people sort of, oh, yeah. hello, <laughs> sort of bumble out, oh, thank you so much, I'm, I wasn't I'm expecting so... this, Um, I'm actually a <laughs> terrible shit. Um... <laughs> but it's also, it's also when they come out to present the awards, the, the Americans sort of stride out and look everybody in the eye, and then the British people come out and they're sort of apologising for being there, and, yes. and I always notice that, and I think, what is that? Okay. What is that about? Yes,
0: and sort of stick your head around the door hello
1: can i come in i'm apologizing yes. for everything <laughs> apologizing for existing oh i'm sorry
0: i walked past you sorry sorry <laughs> sorry
1: lamppost that's very much a british thing isn't it we can't ever just own something and go i'm really proud of that end of sentence i think i yeah, look really yeah. good uh, but uh, we always caveat it with but i mean i'm it must i must just be having a good day or yes yeah, it's, yeah. it's a
0: weird thing that we do we should all big up ourselves yeah all the time toot our own horns <laughs> Toot your friend's horn, toot your own horn. Boop, boop. We interrupt this programme with a you-bash. Studies have shown that tooting your own horn is highly beneficial to your mental health. But do exercise caution. Be careful not to toot too hard. No-one likes a show-off. Do you hear that, Marjorie? Goodbye.
1: You have the genes of the oil of you <laughs> laywoman. I didn't <can't. laughs> Oil of
2: Ule.
0: It's oil of Olay now.
2: (laughs) It has been oil of Olay for probably 20 years. (laughs) I still call it oil of Olay. Oh, dear. Proper retro. Why did they do it? I don't even know why they did it.
0: I think it was oil of Olay elsewhere in the world. Oh, there you go. Oh, like marathon and Snickers. We'll definitely keep this bit in, by the way.
1: (laughs) Wouldn't we all love to know what our purpose is, what our strengths are, and how to identify them? Well, today's guest knows exactly how to help you find the answers to those questions. Hannah Miller is a career coach, inspirational speaker, and the founding director of Sidekick, a company that uses strengths-based coaching to renew your confidence, rediscover what makes you thrive, and help you identify your purpose. Using me, Esther, as a case study, we explore how once you know what your strengths are, you can understand them, move forward, lean into them, and become the hero of your own story. Welcome to the show, Hannah Miller.
0: It would be great if we could just kick off by finding out what
2: what you actually do. What do you do, Hannah? Yeah, that, that is a good question. That is a good question. I was thinking earlier that, I am in many ways, I'm a professional chatter. Uh, That's what I do. I talk to people. But my job is to coach them, which is an awkward word that I don't really like. But I work with businesses, individuals, leaders who are trying to make a change and trying to work better. I especially love working with women who have got a bit stuck and they want to do something new. That's my favourite kind of work.
1: Is there a particular age range that you find? Yeah,
2: sort of our age range.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What, early 30s? 20, (laughs) 25.
2: 34 year olds is my absolute you know it's just very similar to no my um no sort of sort of 35 to 50 women who've maybe done other things or they've prioritized babies or you know they've been in a different phase and they begin to feel like uh they're ready for something new so yeah that's my favorite kind of work and gives me a lot of purpose
1: and so how do you go about doing that how do you go about identifying things
2: yeah it's a good question so there's a couple of things i use a really great tool um it's called uh the clifton Strengths tool which i know Esther, you've come across um so i use that to help yeah. people recognize what it is that they do really well and then build from that so i think so much of everywhere around this is a deficit model you're not very good at this you've got to get better at that and it's trying to flip it on its head and think well, what is it that I love to do? What am I naturally capable at doing? And so how can I do more of that? And how has that maybe got a bit lost uh, through obligation and responsibility? So I do that. And then people can engage with a digital course. So they can engage with me in that way. And then they're part of like a a community where we do live chats every week. So it's sort of, um, there's coaching, there's training, but there's this distance-based approach is what I really love to use the community aspect i
1: bet that's brilliant if so can people do it individually or or in the community yes
2: yeah, so you can choose to just marry your way through the course and, and you do, do it on your own but most people choose to be part of this online sort of private community where every week we have a live hour where they can ask me their questions they're sort of as they're working their way through the material they can ask for some help or they can also support each other really and people become really great friends in there and some of them become really yeah. great friends of mine as well and you know it's the biggest privilege when somebody says I'm leaving my job or I'm I'm going to go do this now or well, just listening to your guest on the first episode talking about handing her notice in and having the courage to do that at 57 yeah. I think yes. yeah yes, yeah, that's exactly Melanie the Hamilton yeah stuff I love to hear you
1: gave me the test to do and it was so interesting what came up because mm. sometimes you are aware of your strengths, but you don't necessarily know their strengths until they're presented to you. Yeah, and sometimes you're just not clear. And I didn't know certain things were a strength of mine, mm. and it was very interesting mm. with what how it how it came out really for me. Should you, do you want to say what I came up with came out with? Even? Well, why
2: don't you tell us your top five, and then maybe I can. Okay, can
1: okay. you can you remember? So them? I
2: you got them there.
1: I've got them written down. So I came out with now. There's a list of five. Yeah. These are your top five out of 34 possible options, 34 strengths. Okay. So my top one, well, I came out with empathy, positivity, ideation, futuristic, and activator.
2: Oh, it's so so you. It's so you. It's so you. (laughs) So... I mean, empathy is about emotion. It's about intuition. It's about considering how people feel and being led by your own emotion. It's more than just, oh, that person's kind. You know, people can show empathy, but when you've got it so high on your profile, it's being quite led by your emotion, being emotionally aware and comfortable with emotion. And then you've got positivity, which is so used (laughs) that um, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, Positive, it's um, encouraging, it's being able to praise other people and being really comfortable with that and letting it go. So those two are quite relational. Then you've got ideation and futuristic, which are thinking strengths. So ideation is the creativity it's the coming up with new ideas things like this you know all the things you've been involved with which involve creativity ideation people can have 100 ideas a day and just have to make yeah. sure they don't try and do all of them you know find the ones that they can and then futuristic is always like where are we going where are we headed um what's next what's around the corner sometimes people with futuristic can be a little bit dissatisfied because there's always something more that they're heading towards you know yeah. there's always that but when we get there when we do this so futuristic people can look down the line this, I haven't got that one at all and I really appreciate people who help me so we'll talk about that but you know you can lend these strengths to others by being that person in their life and then lastly activator which I also share so we've got three in common um actually Oh, okay. Which one are they? Activator and positivity. Activator is about let's get on with it. Let's do it now. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's think later. You know, let's just go. Um, All that sort of go, go, go and bringing momentum to projects, getting people behind stuff. So to get to those top five, you have to, you do an online assessment, which is, it's actually really rooted in science. It's been around a long time. It's 25 million people have done it. And it's looking for your natural preference. So Mm -hmm. whereas often in these personality assessments, you've got like, oh, do you like people or do you hate people? I mean, I'm being a bit extreme, but those are the sorts of questions. Yeah. And then you sort yeah. of know what feels like should be the right answer. You know, oh, this is what's socially acceptable. I should like people. So in this strengths assessment, you're offered two things that are both really socially acceptable. So you try and choose which ones you prefer because it's looking for the whole basis of it in science is that the things that you prefer doing is what you're made to do. Mm. So if you like, if you like yeah. being, around people or you like having ideas then it's because ever since you were tiny that's what you were made to do so it's pushing you towards natural preference rather than oh this is what you know is socially acceptable by others that's so interesting because
1: i often hear people say it's about getting back to who you are at your very Mm. core and not what society told you you were and yeah. we all have ways of behaving that are socially acceptable. And
0: this is literally saying, no, no. These are your These are your characteristics. These are your traits. Mm. Talk about that, our guest from from episode one, M- Melanie Hamilton, who at the age of fifty seven decided sat at her desk. She was an NHS secretary and said, "What? Mm. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be an actor. I've mm. always wanted to be an actor. Mm. I'm going to hand my notice in." And that's what she did. And she'd wanted to do that from she said age seven. And do mm. do you think that that there are essential those characteristics and things that we love doing. Are they there from, you know, Mm -hmm. are they
2: all there from that early on? It's a really good question. And the evidence suggests probably yes. Um, So there's a couple of things to say there. One is there was a really interesting study in New Zealand, a longitudinal study of children. And I think there were about two when they first checked in with these children and they looked at their behaviours and personality. And then they tracked with them to their twenties and essentially those core personality traits that they had. So not their skills, not their talent, you know, those behaviours in personality, we're actually pretty set. Mm. And I really do believe that. I mean, I've got three sons. So my boys are 12, 15 and 18. And I don't imagine my 18 year old, like he's, he, his personalities, he's really focused, he's quite driven, he's organised, uh, works really well to goals. He's not going to suddenly not be that when he's he's always been like that and he'll continue to be like that a Mm. version of that all the way through. And then my second boy is very funny. He's emotional. He's got a real sense of injustice. he's, He's friendly he has always been like that and will always have those traits so the mm. more I can as a parent which I'm slightly diverted from the answer but as a parent see the difference in them and help them be that then the more on track I guess they'll stay yeah and there are I guess there are seasons for being responsible you know and you know your guest Melanie she said there were times you know I, I had to provide and there were things I did for my family but there's moments when you think actually I, I have a purpose and I'm here for a reason and that mm. is about uh, Be bringing the the gifts I have and and doing the best I can with them. So yes, I think they're pretty set. Yeah.
0: Both Esther and I've I've got two children. Um, and you kind of, uh, i talking to lots of other mums. You sort of feel like you lose yourself a bit, mm, yeah. and you kind of forget. Who you are, and what do you actually enjoy, because your whole focus is on make making mm. it possible for your children to enjoy mm. and experience lots of things and find out what they enjoy so that mm. your what you are good
2: at kind of um mm. gets mm. lost a bit and how so how do you kind of navigate that, yeah? I mean, that's exactly what so many people say. In fact, one of the women I work with, she put it so well. She said, Sometimes I feel like who I am is just buried under a pile of washing. And yeah. I just thought that was just a, such a good sort of metaphor for what it can feel like. Um and, and some of that's you know, some of that is life, and some of that's okay. And I don't think all of that's necessary to be resented, but more just acknowledged. I think the moment of people realizing that they've got a bit lost is the beginning, and then it's about a rebuild and saying, okay, what can you do? And you know, we can't all fly off into the sunset and do everything that we like. That that's not life. But how can you start to move that that compass point just one degree? To you know, you mm-hmm. like you said, we're doing a podcast. You haven't just said, right, families sod you all I'm you know <laughs> I'm disappearing I've you, been close it's, like, it's been I, mean, and I have been closer than ever in the last year quite frankly I don't ever I don't ever want to see any of you ever again no. um, but it's about how can I begin to move that pointer and for some women I, I work with they are ready to make a massive change and and to resign just like you said others it's about I'm beginning to think I'm going to make time for a hobby again or it, it, it's about how can you take where you are and sort of take stock of the situation you're in and move the point Mm. point. whether that's you know however brave you're feeling you know it's quite brave to stay put as well and I do encourage people that not everyone is in the position to just throw everything out and start over and it's brave to stick with what you've got but but make the change that you can if that's go join a choir or go find some sort of community group or find a way of giving back all that is really important I reckon Mm. we've got to move away from being defined by what we're paid for as well and
1: yeah if you're absolutely. not paid for doing
2: something doesn't make it of any less worth or value and and these are measures of success that we use whose whose measures are they if they're not your measure and you're putting that on yourself that this is only a success if a million people watch it or whatever it might be in your your, your sphere i think that you're setting yourself up to feel disappointed but if the measure is i feel fulfilled by doing this does it matter whether your paid work or your unpaid work is yeah is the most you know is the most fulfilling and of course we want to move paid work into that dimension if we can but if it isn't your starting point and you've got to feed a family and you work on a job that feeds your family then how can you find that sense i don't want this to be something that's only available to people who've got really sizable incomes that's my point if you're somebody who actually is bringing up your children on your own and you're working to make sure you can feed them I believe purpose and is available to you as well that that's what I'm, I'm trying to say I guess
1: which is absolutely brilliant it's not sort of uh, economically driven then is it it's, you know anybody can find out what their strengths are so going back to these five yes. that I got empathy positivity ideation futuristic and activator what do I do with those when I know about them make
2: a podcast where you're emotionally connecting <laughs> with people bringing a bit of fun <laughs> uh, some fresh ideas and them think about where they might be going I mean maybe do that oh thanks Anna <laughs> let's do it <laughs> (laughs) I think that would be perfect I think what it shows you is that whatever environment you are in whether it's a podcast whether it's writing a script whether it's um coaching somebody looking after your children that you are this person in that environment so again I try to say to people what's the challenge or the goal you've got how do you use this personality that you've got to meet that challenge so let's say the three of us were going to Uh, run a marathon and we were trying to set ourselves up a goal for doing that what's going to inspire and motivate you to actually meet that goal will it be doing you know doing I don't know perhaps the positivity you might want to dress up as something or have a fun goal that you're working towards (laughs) or doing it in a different way or uh, setting that future goal or, or, or finding somebody to do it alongside whereas if you've got different strengths so things like discipline and achiever and deliberative you might do a really detailed plan that you are going to you know tick off the list and check that, like my son was on the exercise bike the other day whereas I'd normally be giving up when I'm dying you know he just pushes it twice as hard he's not normal and it's just thinking about how you bring that set of strengths into every situation so again when somebody's a bit stuck and, I, and I'm coaching them through a situation or maybe they've got to have a difficult conversation with a colleague or whatever it's like right well what suits you is the best way to tackle this mm. so it's bringing it and what you yeah. bring to to your environment is a an emotional intelligence you bring that sense of you know how are people doing what are they feeling how do we make sure we have emotional connection Esther brings a fun and encouragement she brings innovation um a plan for where something's heading and ability to keep things going. I suppose what you have to watch for is that being an activator, it's, it's other people may want, you may want to pass the baton to people when you've done something for a while because activator's like the front end of something, you know, I know you've done that, Esther, yeah. haven't you? Things you've been involved with, you've passed on the baton and, and it's important yeah. to do that. You can love something, but know it's time for something fresh and new to be involved in. Yeah.
1: Um, so what are the mm. negative, not, not negatives, but...
2: You were things saying to that watch about out per- for yes
1: things to watch out for so with
2: your strengths one of the possible blind spots with empathy is is too much emphasis on emotion or
1: uh, <laughs> the emotion I,
2: I mean I, I you know I am emotionally led and I know for sometimes that can turn into just too much emotional not enough rational sort of thought through behavior um positivity well sometimes people aren't ready to be positive or they're not ready to look for the bright side or they're not they're in a moment where they need to be able to you know be miserable and maybe when we've got positivity sometimes we want to move on too fast to oh it'll be all right it's fine you know (laughs) come on Um, and then ideation so the issue there can sometimes be grounding out the ideas because you have so many of them or other people perceiving you as being uh, too flighty because y- you have these ideas and you see some people when they're so practical and rational they automatically want to ground that idea and well will it work and can it happen and yes and, and you know that sometimes you've got to innovate and just have creative conversations without channeling it too quickly into um whether this will work or not it kills it it. but but that's one of the challenges with futuristic i sort of touched on sometimes there can be a never in the moment because you're always in the next moment you know (laughs) the the one that's coming around the corner when we do this or this is on the line and and then activate so the main issues there are impatience um 100 miles an hour, let's get going now, stop talking about it, you know, let's just get cracking and and, and hit the road. And activate is sort of at now and um, ask for permission later, whereas <laughs> <laughs> deliberative people, uh, sort of which some of the people, I, I you know, some of my clients are, it's very much like, let's get all the ducks in the row first, let's analyse all the possible obstacles and then act. And. Um, and that can be an interesting mm. working relationship, a really good working relationship, but all, but also a bit difficult if you don't understand that difference. So the reason Strengths is so brilliant is because you're not pigeonholing anyone. You're just saying, OK, we're different in this way. And that's actually real gold that we're different, but we've got to make it work. You know, my husband's nothing like me. I think often you marry or spend a lot of time with people who are different to you. So you don't occupy the same space. But. You've got to get that you process and think and behave in, in really different ways. One of the loveliest things for me to do gently over the weeks of working with somebody is helping them get to a place where they can talk in that sort of um Brené's phrase is don't puff up and don't shrink back but stand your sacred ground and that's where I want to get people to that they can write or talk about themselves they don't have to puff up it's just a comfortable confidence and they're not shrinking back and being less than they are um, and whether that's a, a, a man or a woman and um, finding that face in the middle is just perfect. <laughs> Hannah is referring to Renee Brown, an incredible life guru. Check her out. She's helped me through many an existential crisis. But I do think it takes a bit of, sometimes it's really interesting. Some of the activities they have to do, they create really strong reactions because I can't write like that about myself. I can't use those words. And they need quite a lot of support to get there. But when they do, it's like I'm suddenly seeing myself Mm. in a different light, which is totally tooting your own horn. I would
0: I would like to ask if if there's people listening who are thinking, oh, you know, I do feel like I'm I, I'm there, I'm at that mm. crossroads, I'm not really sure. I sort of feel a bit lost. Is there's is there one thing that you think that you could advise them to kind of do or think differently or mm. consider mm. right now?
2: um that wouldn't m- poss- that would start them mo- yeah. moving that so, needle so i think if they were going to just do one thing right now i would get them to have a think about over the last maybe six months the things that have really given them joy even if it's a sm- whatever that might be and to try to figure out why they've enjoyed those things and so even without doing their strengths assessment which by the way they can go do um at gallop um even if they just start to do that and use that as a bit of evidence to what they should be doing more of. And I think the last thing I wanna say to that person is, uh, any of the people I work with, including you two, we are not any, but none of us are extraordinary beings. And we are just putting one foot in front of the other. And it just takes a bit of courage to say, I want this to change a little bit and to just begin to do and to not look at other people who've made life changes and think oh they're way more courageous than me most people are doing it with a knocking and nervous and they, and they don't feel confident so i don't want anyone to think that i just strode something new is that even a word i think i think it can um, be let's go with it <laughs> thank you without that without that i don't know whether i can do it feeling and that doesn't ever really go away you just have to do it anyway so that's what i
1: yeah oh, my goodness, Hannah, I could literally sit here and talk to you till tomorrow. I don't want you to go. Please stay. Um, you're so lovely. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining
0: us, Hannah. It's been, you've been wonderful. I've learned so much.
2: I really enjoyed that. It was so much fun.
0: On social media recently, we put a call out to ask you guys to toot your own horns. Be brave and have a toot. And you have responded thank goodness otherwise this section would have nothing in it um be so, brave and have a toot it's a catchphrase for life um so so esther um yes Susan. have you got any toots to read <laughs> so
1: uh, actually the first <laughs> the first toot yep is not a toot about themselves. It's a toot about somebody else. And it is Dot Polgar on Instagram who says, I am proud of my little brother. He's the best, kindest, and most wonderful human I know. And he makes me proud every day. Oh, How lovely is that? That's so nice, Dot. That's so lovely. Thanks for tooting your brother's... <laughs> Okay, moving on. And then we've got Neve who says, I completed a, a degree in the middle of the pandemic, which is incredible. I imagine that was not fun in the slightest.
0: Oh, wow. Well done, Neve. Okay, next up. <laughs> I've never felt more like a Radio 1 DJ. Um, Smashing <laughs> and nicey. I've got Becky here who says, I always feel proud when I make a lasagna. Like only proper grown ups can make a good lasagna, right? Oh, my Absolutely. God. Absolutely. You are. A proper growth. That deserves Becky. a toot. <laughs> there you are. And I'm coming round for Lasagna tomorrow Me so too. We'll get
1: cooking. Have you got another one? I have. I've got one from Joel who says he went from working full-time and stressing out to part-time and karma while still paying the mortgage. Joel, I salute you. That is incredible. How the hell have you done that? We've been talking to Hannah Miller. <laughs> she she might have helped you achieve that. That is uh that is that deserves a massive
0: toot as well. That's a huge thing to manage to do. Toot. And I've got Ollie here who says, um, something I'm proud of is going from I can't run to running 5k at least once a week and getting into strength training and sensible eating on a regular schedule. I've always had oh my God. such a negative and adversarial relationship with exercise and my body and it's so joyful to experience that changing.
1: Oh God, Ollie, I could do with you sorting me out as well. well maybe I'm, we I all... go through phases and then I just don't commit.
0: Yeah, it's so hard. To, it's so hard to do something that's that you requires energy isn't it yeah anything that requires energy and commitment so well done
1: there are three of our previous guests actually um have talked about something that they've done as well so sue who was in episode three time for a bit of zen she's actually started doing yoga at least three times a week sometimes more for the last six weeks on the trot now and she's loving it Get me, she says. Well done, Sue. Well, that that's... is
0: great because Sue said that she'd been thinking about it for about two years and that was yeah. her window to build up to doing something. So, you know, even if you're thinking about something for two years, it doesn't mean you're not going to do it. It means it's just the right time. You're just waiting for that right time, which is probably two years from now.
1: Yes. So uh,
0: what am I going to do? I'm going to do yoga like Sue. I'm going to speak Spanish. Oh. I'll start spe- Hola. That's that's oh. my, that's the extent of it right now. But Sue... Por favor <laughs>
1: Um, Hannah Hassack as well, who was our social media expert guest. She is proud of her own recipe for banana muffins, which she winged on Saturday. Oh, well done, Hannah. Very How good. for that. And uh, <laughs> very good. send some to us, please. Yes, please do. With the lasagna.
0: <laughs> Hannah Miller, our guest from this very episode, says she completed the most frightening high ropes course in France last year. I'm not good with heights at all, but I did it. That sounds great, fun, Hannah. But absolutely excruciatingly terrifying. Well, and well
1: done to all of you. Just remember remember be proud of yourself when you do something give yourself a toot give
0: yourself a pat on the back for doing something yeah. um, even if it's only yeah. a mental you know a mental toot inside your own yes. head give yourself a little toot before you leave the house in the morning toot away toot
1: toot you have been listening to <laughs>
0: limited time only
1: if you've enjoyed this episode, then why don't you share it with someone you think would
0: enjoy it too? Please like, follow or subscribe so we can pop into your ears on a regular basis. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast. Your glowing reviews will help to shape future episodes and help other people to find us.
1: You can join the Limited Time Only conversation on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And you can
0: email us hello at limitedtimeonlypodcast.com. We'll be back for more next time. But, but for, for now... now Be brave and have a toot!